the best sandwich in the world, according to sandwich expert and fictitious friends character, Joey Tribbiani. Or meatballs, one of man's finest creations, small, dense nuggets of goodness covered in marinara, the nectar of the gods. This duo needs a third to make it an unbeatable trifecta. Unfortunately for the meatball sandwich, the third part is a carbohydrate, just not bread. Bread was not meant to contain the unstoppable force that is marinara. Bread is meant to mop up the remains from the plate, not be part of the main show. Sorry, meatball sub. You will always just be that almost perfect combo that's missing the base, pasta. Who's right? Let's find out. This week, on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the meatball sub. Dan, was that more uh, of our public domain theme music? The the week two of the music shutdown continues. No one thought the shutdown would last this long. No one thought. I mean, maybe we'll in the in today's lunch pail we'll we'll get a little update on maybe um, people are starting to come to the table. We'll get some resolution, but uh, not for this episode, Joe. I will say this. You know, I would feel bad uh, holding music laureate Jeff hostage to write us a theme song. But as we learn from our World Cup season, we know that anthems written under duress can still be great anthems. I think they're the greatest. Absolutely. It might be better. I mean, the more pressure we put on Jeff, the better the final product's going to be. I agree. I agree. Look, I don't want the shutdown to go into uh, the third week, Joe, but I'm not compromising. Absolutely not. (laughs) This Actually, I kind of like that public domain music. It made me feel very important. Yeah, it's like as it was advertised choice. as like uh, intro for like a uh, a news report or something like a yeah, news. Yeah, I segment. felt like we were going to actually give people valuable information. Yeah, it might be setting up the wrong expectation though. Uh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and uh, before the intro, thanks to Reddit user CSO Quinn Eleven for the anti meatball sub rant and uh, or not rant. Uh, I think it's a well reasoned. Uh, argument and of course the the pro sandwich as, as stated comes from uh the uh, nbc hit show friends yeah i thought that was a very uh persuasive con argument uh i like it dan i'm excited to talk about the meatball sub this week we've talked about the ham and cheese of course and last week the tuna melt which you know brought the tuna melt really was a much more controversial sandwich than i, I expected i mean as you were saying before this podcast, we're getting tons of feedback about open face, closed face. I think we're causing our listeners to sort of reevaluate their feelings about the, the tuna melt. And this is another sandwich that is just like, this is an iconic sandwich. And I, I wonder if at the end of this podcast, I'm going to feel the way, you know, I thought I would have felt. I agree. And I mean, we should, you know, be honest, going into this, I picked this as this week's sandwich, hoping that in our third episode, we would get to a sandwich that we can put on the menu and move forward in our competition. Because so far... We have two. I mean, the ham and cheese, I don't think ever really stood a solid chance. Uh, the tuna melt was darn close, but uh, didn't quite make the cut, yeah. so to speak. Uh, you know, I picked the meatball sub w- with a very positive feeling about the meatball sub coming into this week. And I think that's one great part about this podcast series as opposed to the other ones, which is we're not limited by you know NFL teams or World Cup teams. We literally have the entire universe of sandwiches. So you know, if it's a Joe picks week and you want to, you know, if you want to game the system, uh, uh, that's allowed. Right. And I mean, look, it's got to be a high bar. When we were um, talking about 
the World Cup teams, it's it's 30 countries. When you talk about NFL teams, it's 32. I mean, there's even if someone were to make a list of the top sandwiches, what they're going to make a list of the top 50. And that, of course, leaves out so many sandwiches. So like there's potentially so many to talk about that I don't think we put something on the menu. We don't move something forward unless it's really special. Well, I mean, Joe, much like before, it's all up to you. So, you know, you're going to come up with whatever metric you're going to come up with. And, you know, I, I would say I wouldn't have expected nothing to have gone through after two weeks, but this Here is... Here we are. Here we are. This is going to yeah. be interesting, Joe. And I mean, I say we just get started. And since you picked the meatball sub, what was your history with this sandwich? What caused you to uh, to pick this? You know, I have very, a very, very positive memory of the meatball sub growing up. And I'll tell you, it's funny because I was a little bit embarrassed about it, but then... I saw on Reddit when people were giving us sort of pre-feedback about the, what do you call it, pre-back or whatever, on the meatball sub. Um, pre-back? <laughs> I don't know how that, that, that I made that up. Um, That's definitely not a thing, Joe. You can't tell that I just made it up? All right. Well, whatever. Um, you know, meatball sub used to be my go-to sandwich order at Subway. And you know, when you're like in high school, you go to Subway sandwiches a lot, or I did at least. It was like near our high school campus. It's like cheap and whatever. And I'd always get the meatball sub. And I was kind of embarrassed about that. But then like three or four different people on the Reddit page brought up the meatball sub at Subway. I kind of felt like um, both, it's obviously not the best representation of the meatball sub, one. And two, it's sort of like the benefit of Subway is either that you're getting a healthy sandwich, like you're getting like a wheat sandwich or whatever, or it's that you're like getting up the mix of ingredients. That's like the perfect thing for you yeah. and what you want in your sandwich. The meatball sub is sort of like neither of those two things. It's an unhealthy sandwich that also is like, there's no variations. I mean, I guess yeah, you could be like, there's yeah. no real customizing though. Right. You're just getting the meatball. sub. So it's kind of like doing, it's doing subway wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of, I mean, or, or some could argue it's doing it right. Yeah, I mean, well, look, my buddy Jose, who you know, uh, he he always goes to Subway and he gets, you know, some people get the sandwiches at Subway. Some people maybe get the salads at Subway. He gets the pizza at Subway. <laughs> which I don't know if you've ever had the pizza at Subway. But uh, they I didn't know they a, had pizza. Oh, yeah. No, they take a basically a frozen pizza and you get whatever ingredients you want on it from the like salad bar or from like the, the sandwich bar. And then they heat it up in the oven. But what's funny about it, and I always make fun of them for it, is that you could take that pizza anywhere and you could take it and put it in any box and, and someone would be like, that smells like a Subway sandwich. Like it just smells and tastes like a Subway sandwich, even though it's a pizza. But my point with that is that like, he's definitely doing Subway wrong. I feel like the meatball sub is also doing Subway wrong and it's probably not doing good service to the meatball sub. But all that being said, I had these very positive memories about the sandwich that I used to get all the time in high school. It's it's very funny because as you picked it last week, I have a a history of the sandwich too that we have not talked about before, but it is literally exactly this. When I was um this isn't even when I was in high school. I mean, maybe this is more embarrassing or whatever, but probably 5 or 6 years ago when I lived in San Francisco, I lived in an area the uh called the financial district, and as you might imagine, it is an area that is uh, it, it's sort of like a a, um, a working working area. So during Monday to Friday, it is jam packed. People going everywhere. Lots of you know people in suits or whatever. But not many people live there. Or certain. I, I at the time lived in like a really tall skyscraper, which they're not super common in San Francisco. So on the weekends, basically all of the restaurants or whatever were closed. They were just <laughs> Monday to Friday restaurants. Yeah. And 
but there was a subway. And I mean, I, I think you could actually like look at the, the, you know, look at it on Yelp or whatever. I believe that the only place that was open on weekends that was like, you know, comfortable or very close walking distance to me was either the like corner store, which made sandwiches, but you know, there, it, uh, it, it's a different experience in Subway, the the corner store. You know, sometimes you go in to get a sandwich. There's a line. It takes like 30 minutes or whatever. You go to Subway, you know, it, that's a – it's a uh, very machine-like operation. You know, you're getting in. You're getting out very quickly. And I would always get the meatball sub. And uh, I would always always get it with the uh, baked Lay's uh, plain potato chips too, <laughs> which I felt really w- went well with the meatball sub. You know, the meatball sub it was, was a very, nice. It was a nice pairing for your palate. Well, the meatball sub is a very decadent sandwich, whereas the the plain Lay's chips are just a much um, you know much more basic thing. But I, I thought they really went well together. And you could use those chips to scoop up some of the marinara sauce, which you know of course goes everywhere. And I'll tell you. I think the only variation of note, I would say, is whether you put Parmesan cheese on it or not. And I like that, you know, you get that Subway sandwich with the melted cheese, you know, in that toaster oven with the Parmesan on it. It's certainly not the best version of it, but I think even at Subway, you're going there and you're you're getting a very satisfying sandwich. It's not a bad sandwich at Subway. I mean, maybe maybe the early lesson of this podcast right now is that like, you could do a lot worse than the meatball sub at 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 Subway. And to your uh, your point before about the like smell, like every Subway sandwich smells the same, except I think the meatball sub. I think I think every meatball sub smells the same, no matter if you're getting it from like the best greasiest like totally meatball totally. sub store or even Subway. Now, of course, they're not going to taste the same, but the meatball sub is like the meatball sub has is powerful enough to like break out of the like. Everything at Subway smells like Subway, and I think it might right. be the only sandwich right. that does that. Even pizza, which shares a lot of ingredients with a meatball sub, still smells like a Subway pizza, but the meatball sub doesn't. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's a sandwich I had, I've had. i had a lot of, and I, and I haven't just had it at Subway. Like, this is – it's just a, it's a classic sandwich, and it's a sandwich that lots of places make – and I just happen to have it very commonly at Subway, but I've, you know, I in my past I've I've had so many versions of a meatball sub at so many different places. So you know, I have a very good feeling just with my own history of of what I'm what I'm expecting with the sandwich. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to uh, get into it today. All right. Well, Joe, we always like to start at the beginning. You know, we like to add new information to our understanding of the sandwich. So let's learn about the history of the meatball sub. So here we go. Uh, this is a uh, once again a, a fair use representation of an online history. Um, there is some debate about the true origin of the meatball sub, as it's commonly referred to today. But most people credit Giuseppe Russo, a pig farmer from the 14th century Mont- uh, Montepulciano, Montepulciano, Italy, as the first person to create what is now a ubiquitous menu item at Italian restaurants worldwide. Russo had managed to survive the Black Plague of 1351, but it decimated his village's population and consequently left most surviving residents in abject poverty. Russo was savvy. Oppor- Russi, uh, Russo was a savvy opportunist, though, and together with a village baker and a local merchant, they devised a plan to sell what they claimed was a secret to surviving the mysterious contagion, a sandwich made of ground beef and pork, roasted tomatoes, and melted cheese, all coincidentally goods produced on Russo's farm. The Tuscany region ate the story up, both literally and figuratively, and the meatball sub was born. I love that story. This is like this is like a sandwich built out of desperation. We just talked about 
writing anthems under duress. This is a perfect uh, story for that. It is interesting, though, because I would imagine if everybody was decimated, like, why would you go to meet right away? Like, when, I mean, it, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty gratuitous uh, sandwich to have if like you're in poverty. Yeah, but Dan, don't you think that the meat ball is like a better use of meat because you can like ground up the hooves of the pig and everything? Like, like it, it's a very it's a very efficient use of meat. Is, is that that's the cell of the sandwich that it's got like hooves in there? Well, no, no, no. I'm sure that like a modern day meatball is probably like you're getting like the nice meat in the meatball. But I'm saying that that post post Black Plague days, they're using whatever they can. So it's like better if you just grind it all up and put it in a ball. I guess that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, you're right, especially if you, if I mean, unfortunately, if these villages are like decimated and and people are are, are gone, you're probably not going to have the butcher, etc., who has the expertise to to know how to cut these animals up. So you know, you it it is probably. I mean, it is just a simple form of meat, though. Honestly, I don't even know how you make ground meat. Like maybe that might be a complicated process. Well, I think back then, I mean, I, I think they were probably just taking whatever was there and just grinding it up. I mean, and put it, what. Slathering some cheese on there. Well, oh, I guess that's a good point. I don't know how they. Well, I mean, they must have had like because they had like mechanical meat grinders, right? I mean, you think? I mean, it's all mechanical. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I don't know what what else were they making in the 14th century. I mean, I guess they had like armor. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like if you can forge armor, you can grind meat. Yeah. All right. Now, Joe, that uh, story was completely fictitious. <laughs> you just made that up. I did not make it up, but it was sent in by none other than music laureate Jeff. Wow. Who, yeah. So, so, so this is what we're doing now. We're just making up fake stories. I look. I I didn't make it up. That was not my plan. Jeff sent it in. I I mean, I'm glad I said it with a straight face. I I I think you are completely hooked. I bought it. I bought it. Especially, I was excited. His name was Giuseppe, which is Italian for uh, Joseph. I got, God, I got so excited about that. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I don't actually don't. I mean, I assume. That- <laughs> Damn it, Jeff! Wait, what, why is he writing these stories instead of writing music? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's like um, fucking. He, this is this is his procrastination right now. I, well, that's what it is. Like, whenever you have something to do, you always want to procrastinate with something else. So that's that's what he did. Look, well, we we he's we're gonna- blocked his his music process. He's blocked. He can't think of the right notes, so he's. Writing bullshit stories about sandwiches. Yeah, but it was a great story. It completely had you going. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I, I was, was even l- creating motivation for them. They're trying to save money. Like, <laughs> no, it's such a good story. Like your family uh, used to play, and we would like go to your your dad's house for Thanksgiving, and then your family loved playing Boulder Dash, and your dad has like a particular talent, and I think you actually had a particular talent too for making up like lies that were like very believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a good liar. I'm I can bullshit pretty well. And the key aspect of it, like, so my lies were never good because they were all like too technical. Like they sound too good. Like this lie is so perfect because it's like ridiculous. Right. The fact that it does th- th- there's a little bits of it that don't really make sense. You're like, well, it must be true because otherwise it would make complete sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a good I also, strategy. I mean, I like the idea of <laughs> after the Black Plague, they're like they're not just making beef meatballs they're mixing beef with pork and making like a super gourmet version of the meatball (laughs) it's well look i mean look i still think this is true i don't care what you say dan it makes Uh, sense well look uh, if i post this story online because this is the when you actually go to the wikipedia page the wikipedia page says 
Nobody, there's no idea what the history is. Somebody thinks it was invented sometime in the 20th century. Like, that's what it says on Wikipedia. So there is no actual history of the sandwich, I think, like many others. So if I post this and I, I call this an abridged history of the meatball sub, I guarantee you, I mean, I, I should just do it and see how many hits it starts getting. Put it, yeah, put it, put it on the Joe Picks pod webpage and just see, just see what happens. I guarantee there are people who Google search the history of meatball sub and we're going to be up there. Yeah. And I think it's just like before when I put the abridged history, I think that will also help where people can be like, oh, there's some holes in this story, but it's a bridge. Yeah, it's a bridge, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Look, th- th- this is, we're going to double our listeners based on, on just the Google searches alone for the history of the meatball. Sub. Oh, that's a good idea. Cause I was thinking, oh, we could put some, you know, advertisements on that, but Joe, this is, that's even better. It'd be like, want to learn more about sandwiches? It's true. Yeah. Listen to this podcast. So are you registering the domain history of the meatballsub.com or are we just going to put this on our website? Oh, we just got to put it on. I, Joe, I can't afford that. That's like $10 a year. <laughs> All right. Well, with that. But what if history of the meatballsub.com becomes the next Amazon? <laughs> you know, they started selling books and now they do everything. So like it might start as just a, you know, a, a simple website, but who knows what it branches into. I mean, I definitely have a feeling that we are going to get so much web traffic from people searching for the the histories of the sub and just getting our fake histories. So, uh, you know, there's probably people out there who want to be early investors and how to in history of the meatball sub dot com. You know, we should give people that opportunity. Look, Joe, we're like a pyramid scheme. Every <laughs> listener just needs to get 10 other listeners to listen to the podcast. And then those people need to get 10 more. And then uh, once we start getting that sweet, sweet advertisement money, Joe, it will we'll funnel it down to everybody. It's true. It's true. I can't wait. What was it? What was it last season? The people that wanted to advertise with us, but then we're upset that we weren't a football podcast anymore. Hmm. I think there was something related to like baldness or something. Aye. Yeah. Anyways, Joe, uh, let's just jump right into the first part of the sandwich, and we've we've sort of revised our our uh, systems from last week. We're combining. We're uh, we're. Asking questions, yeah. Yes, we're optimizing this podcast now. We're getting so much great feedback. So, for wait, the... I get to give a rating for the history, Dan. Oh, oh, Joe. Wow, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, let's say four out of ten. There's no history here, but it was a great story. I love it. Well, I'm surprised. So you got to give higher than that. I mean, Jeff completely had you fooled. All right, six out of ten. All right, very nice. Now, Joe, after we go to the history, we move to our next question, which is: Could the sandwich be in my regular rotation? Yeah. Now, this question is formerly our three categories of preparation, availability, and health. So just to sort of get the ball rolling on this, I will talk about what is definitely the elephant in the room with this particular sub, which is the health uh, of the sub. So uh, I had a version from the store, but I also made a version for myself, and the version I made for myself at home was using ingredients where I could sort of tally it up. So... The version I made for myself had a white roll, which is about 140 calories, eight frozen meatballs, which total at 306 calories. That's a Two very s- meatball-heavy sub. I like it. Well, I like I, it. they were sort of like little meatballs. I, I would actually say I felt this sub needed more meatballs. But, uh, Interesting. Interesting. Okay. It, this was my homemade variant of it. And, and I think as we get in this category, the homemade variant of it is always going to be uh, different from the one you get in the store. Um just because the meatballs make everything up. And I think the the meatballs are somewhat of a, of 
a, a specialty wherever you're getting it. Like, that's right. what makes or, or breaks this up. But these are just the frozen meatballs. I got at the frozen section, you know, Italian meatballs, a, a bag of them for like $12. Um, eight of those meatballs, 306 calories, two slices of provolone cheese, 160 calories, and a little bit of marinara sauce, which is about 35 calories. So this version of the sandwich came in at 640 calories, uh, 36 grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs, and 34 grams of fat. And I should also note this, uh, the meatballs have a ton of sodium as well. So this, this sandwich, which even this version coming in at only 650 calories, I think is Honestly, like th- this one I had at home with just eight of the like frozen meatballs, which they're not like huge meatballs. They're, they're sort of like the, the standard, you know, you, you know what they look like in that frozen pack. I think the sandwich could have even had more meatballs. And this is already coming in at 34 grams of fat, which according to like health guidelines is somewhere between like 40% and 70% of your like total daily fat consumption just in one sandwich. So a lot of fat. Right, right, right. I would add to that that the Subway meatball sub, just since we were talking about it so much, itself, the six-inch version of that has 580 calories. Yes. And I think the the one I made at home is sort of reminiscent of that Subway one because the Subway one definitely has the smaller meatballs. Uh, so, you know, just to dovetail into availability a little bit. I mean, this the meatball sub, I feel like every sub store in the world has their own version of it. Yeah, most do. I mean, when I was searching for it, it was it was actually like a mix when I did my Yelp search for it. Uh, definitely sub stores have it, but not every sandwich place has it because not every sandwich place has like marinating meatballs there. Yeah. Um, but different from a lot of other sandwiches, a lot of Italian restaurants have it where, yes. where you know, they might it might actually be the only sandwich on their menu. Yeah. Or they'll have another sandwich, which I really like, like a chicken parmigiana sandwich, which is just taking a dish they already make and just putting it in a roll. Which is sort of the same thing they're doing with a meatball sub. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I will say, so for my availability, I just went to my my corner sub store and I ordered the meatball sub, which was just one of their, you know, regular menu items. And the ingredients were literally the exact same as what I made at home. It was a white roll. It was meatballs that they i assume they make there i don't know uh provolone cheese uh they put a little parmesan on there and marinara sauce but the one the the clear difference between the the sub they had there and the one i made at home was their meatballs were like like mine at home was like eight of the little meatballs the meatball sub they made there was like three giant meatballs that sort of like got squished in there yes yes yeah. So I sent you a picture of the of the meatball sub that I got. So I also went to a local sandwich shop, got got them for the whole family. Uh, and I sent you a picture. It was huge. And yes. it was very similar. It was three giant meatballs. And then it was like really like covered, covered in cheese. Like the whole thing was like dripping in cheese. Yeah, it was dripping in cheese. And, you know, it was like greasy, you know, the, you know, is it's your sandwich came wrapped in tin foil, which I think is sort of like when I imagine getting it from uh, an Italian restaurant or something like that. I, I imagine it wrapped in tin foil. Totally. The totally. one I got though was like at a sandwich place, so there was it was sort of wrapped in like sandwich paper, and it wasn't as greasy as say the one you'd get at an Italian restaurant. But it was interesting because I always go there and I always. I order the same sandwich every single time, so, and I go there every week. So when I walk in, 
She, the woman behind the counter, she says, do you want the usual? And I say, yes. And she makes a sandwich. But this time, I was like, no, I do not want the usual. I want a meatball sub. And we started talking about the meatball sub. And she said it was one of their most popular sandwiches. So she was wondering if I had had the sandwich before, uh, which I don't think I had had it particularly there. But it, she said, like, it's probably... Uh, one of, if not the most popular item on the menu for like the average person who goes there. Wow. Wow. So, so Dan, you can't see what I'm holding up here, but I also, in my hand, which I haven't even tried yet, I did the home version, which I was like, look, if we're going to talk about the meatball sub, I need to make it the way that I would actually make it if I were making it like, like regularly. Yes. So I took three frozen meatballs, which they're big frozen meatballs, uh, some cheese, some provolone cheese. Uh, some mozzarella sauce and a hot dog bun, which I know people are going to get down on me for the hot dog bun. But look, I, I have to have this in the way that I'm going to make it when I'm here, which I'm not going to buy like French rolls every day. No. Um, and I heated it up in the oven. So I haven't even tried it yet. But but it took me about, uh, you know, eight minutes to make. Mm. Well, as you I, I think you're going to be tasting that very soon and giving your well i guess you can't even give your immediate reaction but you can talk about the ease at which to make and i'll say for mine i also made a homemade version but i once again used the microwave which i already got some shit for from some of our fans that said how dare i bring a microwave into any sort of sandwich cooking but i took frozen meatballs put them in the microwave for you know two three minutes something like that i actually did get a a white roll from the store Cut open the white roll, put the meatballs on there, put some marinara sauce on, put on two slices of, of provolone cheese, but I sort of like folded it in half to make sure it was sort of like a flat row of provolone cheese. Right. Put that in my broiler, uh, my little mini microwave oven thing for maybe two minutes, you know, just until the cheese was a little bit melted. And, uh, you know, couldn't have taken more than five minutes, six minutes to make. And, you know, to your point about the hot dog roll, I always have marinara sauce because, you know, for spaghetti or whatever, it lasts a long time in the fridge. And certainly it lasts, you know, it, you can buy marinara sauce and just keep it in your, your pantry for whenever right. you want it. Meatballs, frozen meatballs, of course, last forever. Cheese, you know, if you have provolone cheese in there, that's going to last for a long time. If you've got some sort of hot dog bun or something like that, this is a sandwich that literally you can basically always have on hand whenever you want it. Yeah. Look, in this category... Obviously, look, I tried it at a restaurant. So did you. I tried what I – I would say I tried the sandwich that was the meatball sub putting its best foot forward with the yes. restaurant version that I got. But look, we have to – this is this is all about whether it would be in the regular rotation. So I can sit here and I can you know, grind meat and form perfect meatballs and cook them in the whatever you – you know, you know, like on the stove or whatever. Uh, but that's I'm, – I'm just never going to do that. Yeah. So if we're if we're going to discuss whether or not this is going to be in our regular rotation, we have to have the have the everyday version of it. Yeah, yeah. But to to that point, and you know, just looking at this three category, which is prep, availability, and health, a version of this sandwich, as both of us have proven, is very easy to make. Yes, it's easy to make. I would say it's not. I mean, maybe. Making it at home is as easy, very similar, on par with the tuna melt. It's not quite as easy as a ham and cheese. For sure. But it's it's about the same as a tuna melt. Now, in terms of availability, uh, it, you know, it's, it's actually interesting to compare to those past sandwiches because I feel like the meatball sub 
obviously it's got the like subway availability which already just lights up you know all the locations across the united states but i think you're you're adding in italian restaurants which will mm-hmm. a, a lot of them will have it and i think some but to your point not all sandwich shops will also make a variant of it so i mean i i think there's just no doubt about it this is just widely available yeah i mean probably wherever you're sitting in a urban area if you did like a two-mile radius around you, there would be a meatball sub. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just based on Subway alone. But but I think you'd right. also find, you know, Italian restaurants, which will probably have a more upscale version of it where you could definitely get it. But I will say that they're probably available at, like, it's a different type of restaurant. Like, like the deli that I went to for my ham and cheese, I don't think they have a meatball sub. And I don't think that you can, like, count on that with, like, a deli or a diner. Yeah, yeah. But, but it would be, you know, of course, your point about, like, a Subway place, any place that's, like, hot sub sandwiches is going to have a meatball sub for sure. Cause like you said, it's, 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 it's immensely popular. It's definitely immensely popular. And then, you know, the final aspect of this category is a big one, Joe, which is it's not, it's not the healthiest sandwich in the world. No, it's not. It's not. No, I mean, this would be a sandwich that would not be good for either of us to have in our everyday rotation as we get older, Dan. Uh, look, I think uh, for this category, I think it's definitely widely available out. It's not terrible to make. It is unhealthy, and it's also not available at like the type of places that I think of sandwich places. So if someone's saying we're going out for a sandwich, it might not be that I am able to get a meatball sub. But I think, you know, in general, this is a fairly available sandwich you could have in your everyday rotation if it were healthier, which it's not. So uh, I'm going to say uh, five out of ten. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a it's a it's a fair score. I mean it it could be for so many reasons, but. The, the health issue is, is, is just major. Yep. All right, Joe. And our next question as we ponder and break down this sandwich is this is going to look at the, the things we talked about before in terms of like the cleanliness of the sandwich, the style of the sandwich. And that is just as we sort of came to in our first episodes that we've just distilled this down to uh, one question. Is this a first date sandwich? This is the first date sandwich. I mean, I don't know how much people talk about this. Are you this eating is, your sandwich right now? Yeah, I just tried it. I just tried <laughs> I can, it. I can hear you eating the sandwich. I'm going to stop because eating on a podcast is not a good thing. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's already <laughs> proven. It's clearly a podcast. I mean, you're eating the sandwich <laughs> while doing a podcast. No problem. Look, this is like the opposite of a first date sandwich. It's It's a messy sandwich. And like, it's not just messy because there's sauce and there's cheese and it's not like a closed sandwich that's sort of that open top to it. But it's like the logistics of the ball is it's very difficult to manage because depending on where you bite, if you bite like the wrong distance between the next ball, like a ball falls out. I mean, it's just, it's just a very messy sandwich. In terms of making the sandwich, there is undoubtedly the big meatball version which, that only has like three giant meatballs as opposed to the one with lots of little ones. And and I think that's where, like, the Subway one, which has lots of little ones, the big meatball version of the sandwich is just so much more manageable because you're not having the problem of, like, balls falling out or whatever. You can sort of work your way through those meatballs uh, in a, a much cleaner and sort of more efficient manner, and you're you're always, like, getting the right ratios of stuff. But it's not like it's, it's very clean after that. I mean, even – I mean, look, I'll agree that the ball management is easier if you have the big balls. Definitely. But, but the marinara sauce and the cheese, 
And the fact that there's no – it's a sub, so it's like a split bread sandwich. Yeah. And the big meatballs also like widen it out. It's not like a yeah. – you know, like some subs you can sort of like close the split. The split's going to be open. So when you eat it, it's going to be like – you're just going to get messy. There's no way – I mean this is a sandwich glove sandwich. You're not eating this on a first date. No, no way you're eating this on a first date. Yeah. It's definitely sandwich glove sandwich and it's like – you're going to get marinara sauce all over your face. Like, there's no way to eat yeah. this sandwich with because just the way the sandwich is constructed, there's literally no way to take a bite of the sandwich without marinara sauce like getting all over you. It's true. It's true. It's a messy sandwich. I mean, what it has going for it, I think, over the um, the tuna melt is that it doesn't smell bad. It smells it smells great, actually. Yeah, like, I, the smell of a warm meatball sub is awesome. It is. True, and like the the Friends episode that um, was was mentioned, and it might come up later in this podcast. Uh, it is funny because he gets a sandwich, but he's not allowed to eat it in the car. But they can just smell it, and it's I, and just in the episode, it's like I can picture. I know exactly what that smells like, and it is it is the type of sandwich that I think if I were on a plane, you know, when I was on the plane and the woman opened the beef jerky next to me, I was like, God, this is disgusting. Right, tuna fish would be a similar reaction. I don't even, you know, it's like I, I don't dislike tuna fish but if somebody opened a tuna fish sandwich i would dislike the smell of it but i think if somebody opened a meatball sub my first reaction would be like man i want to meatball I'm hungry. sub." Yeah, yeah exactly yeah no it smells it smells great for sure uh but the downside that it has that makes it a little bit worse in some ways than the tuna melt is that if is that the messiness is like a staining messiness marinara sauce like if tuna falls out of a sandwich like you can just sort of like you take a napkin and brush the tuna off. If marinara sauce falls on your shirt, you know, that shirt's going to have a red stain on it. Honestly, once you get marinara sauce on a shirt, I, I, you might just have to throw the shirt away. It's true. Look, look, this is not, this is not a, you don't look cool eating this sandwich. You're not going to uh, have this on a first date. Uh, I, I don't remember what I gave the tuna melt in this category. So I, we're not going to be very consistent here, but I think this is like, uh, this is a two out of 10. We'll give it two points for not smelling bad. Yeah. Yeah. Your date would – this is a sandwich that I think if you had gotten one to go like at the end of a date or something and just the, the odor was in the air, everybody would be happy. But the second you break that tinfoil open and start eating it, it's it's a disaster. No, it's true. You know, they say, they say that like real estate agents, they, um, they'll like bake cookies in a house before uh, people come to look at it because it makes people feel really good because like – yeah. You know, the smell of baking cookies is is really nice. I think they should cook meatball subs in the oven before people come. <laughs> they should. It, I think the meatball I sub... I would totally buy... I, I, I would buy a house. I, Yeah, would you pay more for a house if it smelled like meatball subs? Absolutely. I think I'd pay a lot more for it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, the smell is great. The, the, the cleanliness, not so great. All right. Well, now, Joe, let's get into the big category, which uh, encapsulates, well, how does the sandwich taste? And... There's no complicated question with here or with this particular category. That's it. How does the sandwich taste? So, Dan, I will say for me, and obviously I went into this really hopeful about the taste of the meatball sub. I was a little underwhelmed. I just tried the uh, home version, so I can talk about that too. But but the restaurant version, uh, the meatballs tasted great. Every individual element tasted great, except the bread, once again, and maybe this is going to be like an ongoing theme, the bread got a little soggy. Uh, and this was like this is like a good sandwich place, but the bread was not didn't hold up quite to the meatballs, and it just got it got messy and uh, and and it affected the flavor because it like 
the bread didn't have the thickness that I wanted it to have. Uh, and, and then the meatballs also were, were good meatballs, but because they were like cooked meatballs that were marinated and then the sandwich was heated up, I found that the meatball, because they were so big, got a little bit dry in the middle too. Ah. Um, you know, you know, and once again, maybe it was an off day, but this is a place that has like very good reviews for their meatball sub. So I felt like the taste was a little bit lacking. Obviously, I have a history with the sandwich uh, that makes me remember it very fondly. Um, this home version that I just had, I can tell you it was, you know, obviously like nothing great, but actually like, you know, like in a pinch, it's a pretty good sandwich. It's pretty fine. It's like not, I don't know that I would prefer it to just making myself a turkey sandwich or something, which is equally easy. Um, but, uh, you know, it was fine. So that's very interesting, Joe, because when I had the meatball sub, I fucking loved it, Joe. And it might be that so much of it does come down to this bread because both versions I had, uh, the both the version I had at the sub shop, and the sub shop has lots of very good breads, but I did have the white roll, but it wasn't, it, it, you know, it's like a thick white roll, you know, it, it's a it's a white roll that definitely sort of holds up under duress, and for the one I had at home, I also got the uh, roll from the, it was, it was sort of a dense white roll that I got at the supermarket, and I actually sort of had to put some marinara sauce, like a little more than I normally would, to sort of soften up the bread. To so get the bread the, was too dense. Interesting. The bread was too dense, but but that's the perfect part of the sandwich. Is the bread basically can't ever be too dense because you just throw a little extra marinara sauce on there. It gets into the bread, and you can basically soften it to however you want. But I mean, your point is very valid that if the bread isn't strong enough to sort of hold the sandwich together, then I could imagine the sandwich just becomes a mess. Well, and I will say, I mean, because I had my kids with me, I didn't eat the sandwiches there. I got them to go and I brought them home. Yeah. So it could be that the time... What was, what was, was our like, time frame looking at like? Oh, I mean, we left the sandwich shop and came right home and I like ate it like right away because I didn't want it to sit for that long. It was still warm. Uh, so, so I have to like think that, look, if a sandwich can't last for, say... 15 minutes, you know, while you're, you know, driving home from a sandwich place or whatever, then that's probably like the sandwich's fault, not your fault. I mean, like, maybe it would have been better if I had it um, in the shop, but that's not a good, like, that's setting too high a bar for like the conditions in which I'd have to eat the sandwich. Yeah. I mean, I, even when you tell the story, I can just imagine it because I saw your sandwich wrapped in tinfoil and I can just imagine you opening that tinfoil and, you know, the whole thing being, you know, the, I feel like the sandwich you got was much hotter than the sandwich I got. The sandwich I got, I feel like the meatballs were, were like, they weren't like coming out of the oven piping hot. I feel like they have meatballs there that they, you know, are storing, you know, marinating. And I don't know what the temperature is. But by the time they were on the sub, like, you know, it, the meatballs weren't like... Um, it's so hot that they were like creating the, the the steam condition, which I think could like weaken the bread. I think the meatballs were just at a great temperature, and you know when they were in the bread, they weren't uh, creating that that effect of of you know causing the the bread to become mushy and and you know sort of um, making the the sandwich sort of like I mean to say the soggy mess, but but I understand exactly. I'm assuming what your bite was like, where you're sort of biting into a meatball, but the meatball is not having a contrasting texture with the bread. It's sort of just like all one giant mush of stuff. Yeah, you want the bread to feel like 
chewy. You need some chewiness to the bread. If the bread's wet, it's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, and in my case, I thought, and I was even going to highlight this, I thought mine was delicious because the texture of the meatballs, to me, against the like more dense bread, I just think it's just really fabulous and enjoyable. And one part about the sandwich that I really particularly like is that the whole middle part of the sandwich is basically the same constitution because it's just the same thing. It's like you're just eating meatballs, basically. So it doesn't have... The situation that I think other sandwiches have, which is sometimes you get a bite that might be better or worse than the other bite, or sometimes the way the condiments are or whatever, all of that has such an impact on you know whether or not that particular version is good. I think this sandwich, if you've got high-quality meatballs and you've got good bread, it's going to be great. And what I was also going to add is the version I made at home, I was expecting it not to be good. I actually I thought it was pretty damn good. You know, I, I think if you get that meatball, that cheese, and that marinara sauce in one bite, it's delicious, no matter yeah. what kind of meatballs you got. No, I got to say, I feel like my hot dog bun held up better than the sandwich that I got out. What is it? Is it like the cheap version of the hot dog or is it like one of those hot dog buns? that sort of uh, is it the is it the kind where if you hold one end of it, will the thing droop down or does it like, you know, stay rigid? It's a medium grade bun. It's not like the ballpark hot dog buns. Yeah, but it's not like a really like nice one that has like the like lines on them and stuff. Like yeah, the, like the like the indentations. Yeah, it's right in the middle. I I mean the one in Friends that Joey Tribbiani calls the best sandwich ever. It is in that tin foil, and I think by the time he eats it, it probably is going to be soggy. But I I don't even know. I mean, I guess you you found that not to be as good, and I didn't personally experience it. I I'm just imagining though that I still think it would taste pretty damn good, but. You know, I mean, look, look, look. It was still restaurant quality meatballs and really good marinara sauce. My kids didn't like it because it was a little bit spicy because they have like a spicy marinara, but like that's good. I like spicy marinara. Like, yeah. I think a good marinara sauce should be a little bit spicy. Um, and the cheese was good. I mean, you saw the cheese on the, I mean, you saw the, the sandwich. The cheese is like everywhere. Like, it's like a very, like, you know, well done melty cheese sandwich. So, like, look, I, I mean, I ate it. It's not like I was like like disgusted by it. I w- I'm just saying, it it didn't live up to sort of the look and the smell and like what I I was expecting of the meatball sub. It's interesting. And I will note on the cheese. It looked to me in the picture that they used sort of grated cheese on top of yours. It looked to me like they sort of opened up the the bread, put the meatballs in, and then sort of put grated cheese on top, and the cheese sort of melted in with the heat of the meatballs. It's true. They did not use sliced cheese. The sub that I got, and I think this is the better method of constructing it, they, as I said, had the meatballs, but the meatballs were definitely not scalding hot enough to melt cheese on their own, which, again, I think also prevents the bread from getting overly soggy. They put the meatballs on the bread in an open-faced manner, laid the cheese on top of it, and then toasted it to the just to get that cheese perfect. Then they closed it up, wrapped it up, gave it to me. So that's smart. That's the way you want to do it. And I, I, I mean, I think the like yours looked like a delicious, like greasy mess of a sandwich. Like if that's what you're going for, but I think the the place you got your sub was much more of a meatball place that just sort of like the sub is an afterthought. It's all about the meatballs. Whereas I think where I got the sandwich, they were much more concerned about using these meatballs and making a great sandwich out of it, as opposed to just saying, these meatballs are so good, you know, who cares what they're wrapped up in? It's true. My place did not care enough about bread fidelity. Big, yeah. Big problem. Big well, problem. I'm I'm honestly a little worried for this meatball sub, but... It's, it's true. Look, look, look. I'm going to say, 
I know a meatball sub can be good. I had a, a little bit of a letdown this week. Uh, it's still, you know, it's still a good sandwich. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of 10 for taste. Wow, six and a half. And I mean, just one thing also to add, since we talked so much about Subway earlier on, I think Subway also uses a fairly limp bread. Now, Subway definitely uses the technique of putting the meatballs on, laying the cheese on top, putting in that toaster oven, which gets the most out of, you know, their ingredients because... Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they're they're toasting it so little that I think that the bread is actually, like, hardly warm when you get it. Like, the bread, yeah. you could... Like, doesn't even feel heated up. Yeah. And and I, I do think those Subway sandwiches also do become very mushy messes. Like, I don't think they have the right type of bread either that's, that's holding up to the meatballs. But, I mean, I, I'm very disappointed to, to hear that uh, that was your experience. Even though and I, I thought, based on the picture, that it really just looked like a, a delicious sandwich. But, but I, I see your perspective. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, let's learn a little bit more in uh, everybody's favorite category. Is this sandwich a monster? Thanks to our big fan, Josh, PhD, who, uh, you know, as we've said before has literally written the book on food history and this one is right in his wheelhouse joe because it of course relates to beef and there is nobody on this earth who knows more about uh, the history of he beef is the production. beef expert absolutely i mean in the world so here we go meatballs can be made from a variety of meats but for the purpose of this assessment i'll assume beef beef consumption is not great for the environment Cattle raising is a major contributor to climate change, both in terms of the energy used to raise the cattle and in terms of cow farts and burps, which are packed with methane, making them a surprisingly serious problem. On the other hand, the average meatball is 50% sawdust or breadcrumbs, so the sandwich's impact is mitigated why somewhat. Not, why not lead with breadcrumbs, not sawdust? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, look, we, we probably know what his opinion is on this uh, this sub. Oh, and if you insist on veal meatballs for your sub, the sandwich is a monster, and so are you. So the the beef variant on the monster scale is Frankenstein, and he adds an addendum here, P.S. If you correct people about it actually being Frankenstein's monster, you're a nit. I was going to say, Frankenstein was a scientist. That's not so bad. You're a nit, Joe. Okay, so it's so it's pretty bad. I mean, the question he didn't answer, which I think is the question everyone has, is that is it more ethical in ball form than in steak form? Yeah, I I was actually wondering that same question. I, I thought he might highlight that because you know, to even our fake uh, di- or our discussion before about the fake history, I do wonder if ground beef actually is like using different parts of the animal or whatever that would otherwise not have a purpose like meatballs are delicious and like if they are like sawdust and hooves or whatever it's like a good use of those things no exactly i mean so it's like right you have like the bone-in filet right those like really good steaks where you're like well it's great but like there's only two of these steaks per cow so basically like if you're someone who says i only eat bone-in filets every time you eat that you're eating 50 percent of how many of those a cow has yeah um so, like, you know, the meatball, there's probably, like, like you know, 800 meatballs per cow. Probably more than that, right? Like, I don't know. You know, so it's like, is that a more ethical way of eating beef? I mean, I guess he sort of answered it by talking about the filler that's in a meatball. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm still curious from Josh if there if the meatball is, like you're saying, an efficient use of, of cow. 
I, I just have to feel it is. I have to feel like if you're eating beef, how could you, what, what could be like the least horrible way than eating ground beef in ball form? It seems like the most ethical way to do it. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, this is bad, but like, you know, on the scale of monsters, you know, Frankenstein was sort of like, uh, friendly-ish. I mean, he was he was less problematic than other monsters. Uh, so. Actually, Joe, it was uh, Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. <laughs> That's a really good knit voice, Dan. Wow, I, I'm a knit at heart, Joe. <laughs> I'm just not well read, so any like literature knits are not not my uh, specialty. Uh, let's say a six out of ten for this category too. Well, six out of ten. I mean, I think that's it's uh, pretty good for for the beef situation. I mean, because we're going to eat beef, but eating it in a ball form is better. Yeah, I think Josh can correct us, or we'll have to read the book to find out. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole chapter on meatballs, I'm sure. All right, Joe. Everybody's favorite category: the celebrity Bing search. All right, Dan. So I did my celebrity Bing search, and. You know, there was nothing on there. No, no, no red carpet meatball subs, which meatball sub would be a terrible red carpet food, by the way. Uh, I mean, probably the worst, actually. I don't know if we're going to come up with a worse one than a meatball sub. Well, again, it would be great. The smell would be awesome on the red carpet. Totally. Just pumping the smell. Absolutely. If you're wearing, whether a man or a woman, if you've got (laughs) like on fancy like black tie dress or, uh, or, you know, a suit or like a very fancy dress... You, you like your stylist will be like tackle anybody Dude, who tries to bring a meatball. Don't go sub. near that with the meatball yeah. sub. Exactly. Uh, and no, no celebrity chefs that are highlighting a meatball sub, unfortunately. But, but what I did find, as you already highlighted, Dan, I, I mean, people should know, you know, inside our process, we do zero co prep. So I had no idea you were going to talk about this, and you had no idea I was going to talk about this. But, uh, this is the first sandwich that we've talked about and, you know, maybe the only one where a major plot point of a very, very popular TV show was about this sandwich. It's true. I mean, this is quite the Bing search, Joe, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I I searched for this and maybe because of the character name, this came up really early on that this was a focal point that Joey Tribbiani had his favorite sandwich and, uh, you know, of course – Dan, you talked about the episode a little bit, but to remind our viewers, uh, they go out to some place in Queens, they get like the best meatball sub, but they're on this police ride along. And for good reason, because we talk about how messy the sandwich is, the cop is like, there's no fucking way you're eating that sandwich in my car. So of course, the whole time the sandwich is like making the car smell really good and Joey's really hungry. And then, and it's Joey, Chandler and Ross in the back of the car and a car backfires and Joey this does this heroic thing where he like leaps his body across Ross and saves Ross life or so everyone thinks. So Dan, from there, I have a little piece of script. Of course, this is fair use, Dan. So we're not going to get sued for any copyright infringement. We are going to act this out, Dan. You are going to be Chandler and I'm going to be Joey. Are you ready? Uh, Almost. I just want to back up for one second. Okay. Car backfiring happens in sitcoms all the time. Have you ever experienced that in your entire life? No, never. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, other than when I'm in our neighborhood and I hear what is clearly a gunshot, I say like, well, it's probably just car backfiring. 
but I don't even know what what is the concept of a car backfiring. Like, I don't even understand. I, like, this must be something that existed in the seventies and just continued on as like a, a sitcom trope, even though like modern technology completely must have gotten rid of it. Has your car ever backfired? I, no. I, it's not just my car. I literally live in a city where there are hundreds, if not thousands, of cars that I'm walking by on a daily basis. I've never seen or heard a car backfiring ever. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, I hope it still happens because every once in a while I'll hear something in my neighborhood that sounds like a gunshot. And I'm like, eh, whatever. It's probably nothing. I mean, one time in a past season while recording a podcast, <laughs> oh, a gunshot did right. happen very that's nearby. Right. That's right. And our podcast episode got subpoena and used in court as the timestamp for when the crime was committed. But right, we were just like, oh, it's just a car backfiring. <laughs> exactly. Why are all those people screaming and crying after the car backfired? It seems, seems strange to me. I live in a very dangerous place, Joe. Uh, second point. Uh, were you implying earlier on that Bing search engine just elevates in the search results anything that has Bing related to it? I mean, I think we stumbled upon that. So uh, today, yeah, there's a huge, huge controversy. Yeah. So anything friends related is just always going to jump to the top of the search results. Absolutely. Uh, right. If you're searching for something, I mean, I mean, well, you Bing. Bing started out before it was bought by Microsoft, started out as a like a friends wiki that you could do search for for things that happened on friends. And then, of course, like after friends did like so many episodes, it just got to a point where basically searching for something that happened on friends was a search engine that was searching most of the world. So so then Microsoft bought it and turned it into what it is today. Not not a lot of people know that history of the Bing search. It's just like Amazon, Joe. You start small and then you take over the goddamn world. It's just like Amazon and uh and history of a meatball sub.com, of course. Yeah. Well, uh, let's not say that domain too many times, Joe. We don't want people to get it <laughs> out from under us. Okay. I wish I had a uh, sound of a, a car backfiring, Joe, but. Well, as no, we've... no. This scene takes place way later, Dan. This is when Chandler's upset about this. Just, 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 do, just do the acting, Dan. Oh, all right. Well, which one am I? You're Chandler. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, look. I'm very glad that you saved Ross from the car backfire, but you know, it could have been a bullet, and you know, you didn't try to save me. Oh, you're upset because you think I chose Ross over you. No, look, I knew you could take care of yourself. You know, I mean, Ross, he needs help. He's not, he's not street like us. When it comes down to it, you would risk your life for Ross before you would for me? That's the bottom line. Well, no, not exactly. All right, look, I, I wasn't trying to save Ross, okay? My sandwich was next to Ross, all right? I was I was trying to save my sandwich. From a bullet? I know, it doesn't make much sense. Much sense? Look, Chandler, it was instinct, okay? I just went for it. So you risked your life for a sandwich? I know it sounds crazy, but Chandler, this is the greatest sandwich in the world. Wow. End scene. There you go. <laughs> but look... As celebrity endorsements go, I mean, I know this is a fictional character, but, you know, this is a whole episode that's, like, plot point hinged around this being a fantastic fucking sandwich. That's a pretty that's a pretty ringing endorsement, I'd say. And, as I said in the intro, but I also, when I was uh, doing a little further research on this, Joey Tribbiani is listed on the uh, Bing, the you know, what started off at the uh, as Bing, but then just uh, became the uh, Friends, like, Wiktionary or whatever. Uh-huh. The offshoot of Bing, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They specifically called Joey Tribbiani a sandwich and pizza enthusiast. So this is a man who knows his his sandwiches. And, you know, this is a, it's just Italian. So this is a, the confluence right here. So you have 
maybe the most noted of our generation, fictional sandwich expert, calling this the greatest sandwich in the world. It is fictional, but that's pretty that's pretty darn good. But he also is Italian, so that is going to skew him a little bit, you have to imagine. That's true. That's true. Look, it's fair. It's fair. But look, I have to say, this is a pretty good celebrity endorsement. It's it's not it's not a real person, so I don't think he gets a ten out of ten, but it's pretty pretty darn close. I, I'd say this is an eight and a half out of ten, Dan. What would you give uh your and I acting out the scene? I mean <laughs> look if we don't have agents calling us, you know, as soon as this podcast episode posts, I don't know what's going to happen. That was pretty darn good, especially when we got into the accent work. We showed our range there, Dan. So you you think uh, we should just ditch this podcasting thing and go into acting, voice acting? I don't, I don't know if we're going to have much of a choice. I mean, you know, we're already going to be professional audiobook readers pretty soon. That's true. Uh, so, you know, the, the voice acting roles are just going to come rolling in, Dan. Wow. All right, Joe. Speaking of rolling places, I have <laughs> rolled this sandwich <laughs> onto the cutting board. It is there, Joe. The sandwich, the meatball sub, will either go on the menu or into the compost heap. Joe, I will start, and then you can make the final call. Meatball sub, more like curtain call sub. Because I'd like to once again give this sandwich a round of applause for how good it tastes. And like the true masterpiece it is, the sandwich achieves greatness with only simple ingredients. Alas, like everything in this cruel world, the taste does not come without trade-offs, namely the high fat and sodium content, which diminishes the meatball sub from being a diet staple to that of a one-off treat. Still, though, there is a reason every sandwich shop in the world makes their variation of a meatball sub because it is so damn good is it the best sandwich in the world i don't know but i damn well like to see it get a shot so i say put it on the menu first of all i mean i don't know Kurt, curtain call is a is, is a really stretch of a rhyme for for meatball i think i might have to buy you a rhyming dictionary it's in there it's in there <laughs> you really you really reach for that one it's a bit hey look these rhymes are hard to come up with damn i have to say I've thought about this sandwich more than any other one that we've done so far. This has been a tough choice. I'm going to say, and, and just just bear with me for a second here, meatball sub, more like meatball flub. Because the meatball sub came in <laughs> wow. with- Great rhyme, Joe. Oh, my God. You're, <laughs> with, you're a genius. How do you come up with you. that? Thank you. Thank you. Dan, if you need tips next week, I'm, I'm happy to give them. Uh, the meatball sub came in with- Sky high expectations. It was a shoe in. I, I mean, I had penciled it in for the next round. And then it comes and it's soggy. It has dry meatballs. It just doesn't taste the way I remembered it. And unfortunately, the meatball sub just disappointed. It's not, it's not healthy enough. And the taste just wasn't good enough. However, Dan, however, as I sit here tonight trying this stupid home version, that is so much less fancy than, than the one that I got out. I'm reminded that the combination of meatballs and sauce and bread, even in its simplest form, can be a good one and can be an enjoyable one. So I'm going to say that even though it came in with high expectations, it blew its shot, those are the types of sports teams that I love, right? Like the Chargers were the biggest fuck-ups of any team, you know, anywhere. The the term Spursy for my soccer team was invented for teams that blow it. So maybe the meatball sub, because it blew it in its in its 
like shot here for us today is actually the perfect sandwich for me. So I'm going to say, Dan, we should keep thinking about the meatball sub. We should give it a shot. We should send it to the next round. We're going to put the meatball sub on the menu. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Curtain call. Take your curtain call, meatball sub. But the meatball sub really, really came close to getting axed. Wow. Well, uh, I think your reasoning makes absolutely no sense. But you know what, Joe? I'm not going to argue with it because I don't want you to change your mind. It's on the menu. The menu has its first item, the meatball sub. I could not be more thrilled. I Part of the reason I want this to be on the menu is just so I can eat another one at some point because it's just a great sandwich. And, and I'd like to see it, uh, you know. We don't even know what being on the menu means, but surely at some point we're going to come back to it. So I'm very The menu excited. will matter at some point. I mean, you know, our listeners should know we have a very well thought out plan for the menu. We just haven't revealed it yet, of course. Yes. <laughs> Look, we know how to defeat ISIS. We'll tell you later, okay? Yeah. If we told you, then ISIS would know, obviously. Definitely. It doesn't make sense. We, 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 we don't, don't want, want ISIS these... to know our plan for the menu. <laughs> you don't want these sandwiches to realize what being on the menu means, especially with the <laughs> strained logic by what you're using to put them on the menu. Exactly. That That would be the worst thing we could do. All right. Well, the meatball sub is on the menu. How exciting. All right. Well, uh, at some point, I mean, maybe it's just going to be JoePicksPod.com slash menu. We'll have the list of everything on there so people can can keep track. And, and uh, the Meatball Sub will be the first one on there. And now, Joe, as we do every week, we open up the lunch pail. Oh, that's a, that's a great lunch pail sound effect. I love it. Lunch pail is open from none other than Music Laureate Jeff. Joe and Dan... Your efforts to publicly shame me into writing another theme song have worked. However, it's not quite finished. I will say, though, the idea of using a different clip of open source music at the beginning of each episode is actually a brilliant one. Thanks. Breaking news. Okay, anyways. Ah. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyways, a couple of thoughts on the first two episodes. Dan, I never felt closer to you than during your rant about lettuce. Heads of lettuce are for families or for psychopaths that don't mind rotting refuse in their fridge. But I've never felt more ashamed of you than when you said you microwaved a sandwich. Oh no, Jeff, I did it again this week. I sincerely hope this was just for the lab segment, not something you do as a normal hot sandwich preparation method. Oof. (laughs) You had Jeff in the palm of your hand, and then you lost him, Dan. My true colors. Well, had he sent this email before today, maybe I would have changed my ways in the past, but it's too (laughs) late now. He then went on to give the fake history, which completely fooled you. And then he finishes, P.S., in terms of the hashtag Trump shutdown, not to worry. I'm still getting paid. Apparently, TSA and food safety inspectors are expendable, but people don't want their mail fucked with. Or if you think there's a chance people will send me money through the podcast, tell them I'm working for free because I believe in service to my country. <laughs> Jeff, there is no money to be made from this podcast. I can assure you that. So don't worry. Believe me, if Jeff wants a, a like 20% share in this podcast, it's going to all be expenses. So... Uh- yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, sorry, Jeff. For this episode, it is negative one meatball. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's progress. I mean, hopefully, you know, by, by the eighth or ninth sandwich, we'll have a goddamn theme song, Dan. Yeah. Well, look, he, if he keeps sending in those fake histories, that's uh, also saving me from doing work. So, you know what? It wasn't a theme song, but he was already providing help to the podcast. That's and true. It was great. And we'll have to change his title to fake historian at some point. I mean, he can be everything. 
All right, Dan. Well, I have a little lunch pail for you. Oh, Joe. Two lunch pails? It's a tiny lunch pail. It's almost more of a technical lunch pail than anything else. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me reopen it. So this is from Reddit user Gibgod. Who we who who is a new fan from the sandwich sub subreddit where we have been mostly ignored except for Gib God. Where we've been spamming uh, our podcast. Absolutely. Uh and uh first of all, he's another British fan, so there's something we're doing right. Something about our uh our conversation about sandwiches is really resonating across the pond, Dan. It seems like all of our podcasts are always most popular in the places we least want them to be. I <laughs> I just feel like we need to make more Brexit jokes. <laughs> All right, well, well, give me a week. I'll, I'll I'll work on some material. I'll work on some Brexit rhymes, Joe. How's your accent? Uh, hip hip, cheerio. Oh, you're very proper British. I, see, I was thinking more Cockney, like "Hello, Dan." Cheerio. Let's make ourselves a sandwich and some kippers. Could I don't you know please, what kippers are. Sarah, bring me a, a meatball sub so I could knight somebody. That's spot on. So, Gib God says great theme music this week i think he's being sarcastic really liking the podcast i'm a big sandwich fan so that helps but just generally it's great it's a great listen so how does the fan picking work for the wheel that's the question uh much like our plan to defeat isis joe i mean we know exactly what it is and we'll tell you when it comes up well what I told him is I said, well, why don't you tell me what sandwich you pick? And then if, if it lands on the fan section, I'll just pick that one. Oh, is that what we're doing? Well, he sent in a sandwich. So, uh, I, I mean, that may be the best way to do it, Dan. I don't know. All right. Well, without further ado, Joe, let's just get to the wheel spin. So let's spin that wheel. JoePicksPod.com slash wheel. As you, I, to add to the suspense of the wheel, you'll see I completely reconfigured it. So, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, Dan, this wheel is crazy now. I know. I wanted to spice up the wheel, so uh, Joe, this is a spicy wheel. Okay, should I? Uh, I already oh, you're did doing it. it. Oh my god! I already okay. did it. God damn <laughs> oh it! Oh my god, Dan, Joe, awesome. you're like the fucking New England Patriots. You're just winning every goddamn wheel spin. Dan. This is an honor. Now, I should also note for our listeners, listeners could not have been further away from the dot. So it's like listeners on the complete other side. This is the opposite of listeners. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so sorry, Gib God. Uh, and I think if other listeners have the sandwich that they would like us to do next, they should send it in to you, Dan. And then we can pick randomly from that if it ever comes up. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I think that's a great system. Any listener who wants to suggest a sandwich, send it to us at sandwich at com. And if listeners come up, I will then do a second wheel spin, Joe, between the uh, sandwiches that the listeners have sent in. I'm going to have to make a separate wheel. All right, Dan. Man, we really, uh, you know, I I hadn't even thought of what I wanted to pick coming into this. I was just sure it was going to land on you, Dan. Did you have in your mind what you would have picked? I did, but I'm not going to say. You did? I did. I knew what I was going to pick. I just thought for it's got to come up uh, my way. I, you know, I should have left the wheel the way it was, Joe. I think I, I messed with the karma the when I reconfigured it. It's true. It's true. Well, I mean, I feel so lucky I've gotten to pick, a, you know, three weeks in a row. This is great. So... 
span. We've done a we've done two hot sandwiches in a row. We've done an open faced, a sort of split roll sandwich, and a two pieces of bread sandwich. So we've really already kind of hit the gambit with a lot of different sandwiches here, Dan. It's the point of the podcast, Joe. I'm just saying, we've already covered a lot of bases, but what we haven't done yet, Dan, we haven't done a vegetarian sandwich. Ah. All of our sandwiches have involved meat in some way. So, Dan, I am going to pick the falafel sandwich for our next sandwich. Wow. The falafel sandwich. I, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know where to start with that. I know Megan has something in the freezer that says falafel, but I don't even know what falafel is. So this is going to be interesting. Have you ever had a falafel sandwich before? Uh, I mean, probably, but if right now, if you, I, I couldn't, I don't know what a falafel sandwich is. I don't know what falafel is. Wow, you're in for a treat, Dan. But again, uh, I'm sure I've had it. it. I'm sure I've had it before. I just right now, I'm so unfamiliar with it. I have no idea what it is. Well, I think we're going to pick up a lot of vegetarian fans, and, and we can even post it on the vegetarian uh, subreddit now. And when you post it there, let's just pretend be like two vegan guys talk, break down all the best uh, sandwiches. I'm going to, you know, change my Reddit name to Vegan Joe. Actually, vegan might be too pretentious. Let's let's pretend to be uh, vegetarians. Freegans. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds good. (laughs) What's a freegan? A freegan is someone who only eats things that are free because they don't believe that the production of more food is ethical. Hmm. All right. So like a lot of like dumpster diving or whatever. Yeah, we could do that. Each of us just goes dumpster diving, and whichever sandwich we get, that's what we do this week. That's a good That's a good podcast idea. I like it. Well, Dan, exciting episode. We have our first sandwich on the menu. It's, I'm very excited, Joe. And, uh, you know, we also have one new thing here. And before we go, uh, let's uh, look at our iTunes reviews, Joe. We have a, a brand new iTunes review for this week. It says, quote, sandwiches are great, and you know what makes them even better? Discussing it in detail. If you love sandwiches and love picking things, this is the podcast for you. Five stars. Wow. Wow. Uh, That is a generous review. So thanks to uh, Apple user Maverjo on that one. I I assume no relation to you. (laughs) No, none none whatsoever. That's incredible. Great review. I mean, I feel like we need a few more reviews like that. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants their uh, review read out loud, leave us one. We'll read it at the end of the podcast. All right, Joe. Time to put the bread away until next week. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the meatball sub, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the falafel sandwich, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Special thanks to superfan Josh for research. His book, Red Meat Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May and is available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Also, many thanks to superfan Jeff for the, well, working on the theme song and the fake history. That was great. Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast and we can read your review on the podcast next week. Joe, see you next week. Dan, thank you very much. Good night.